Hello, everybody. My name is Anthony, and welcome to a um, special episode of Spade Podcast. Um, this episode was not, I guess you can say, planned, but it's much needed right now. Um, during these past couple weeks, it's been very difficult for our race. We've lost our um, icon, our king. Um, he was known as Black Panther. So Chadwick Boseman, that was a that was a blow that we lost him. He brought um, so much inspiration, so much hope to not only to my generation, but the younger generation, um, to every generation, to see a Black uh, superhero on on uh, mainstream media, on the, in the movies, um, to see that is was just powerful because it hasn't been done so epically. Um, and then also with the loss of Cliff Robinson, with the shootings with uh, Jacob Blake in uh, Wisconsin, it's just been it's been a uh, trying time for us. I felt that this again episode was definitely needed because I've seen so many posts that people are saying they're tired, they're giving up. Why? Why us? When can we as a race get a break? Well, um, I was able to come up with a powerful panel of people. And I really believe that you guys are going to enjoy this episode. You guys are going to get the answers, get the help that you want, that you need, the advice that you need full of wisdom. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. Um, so y'all stay tuned and make sure again, just keep your head up. Everything's going to be okay. Um, this week when I'm not going to have a feature artist or anything like that, I actually chose a song um, from Don Lawrence and the Tri-City Singers from their tricity4.com CD to to end my episode with, which is called Love the Hurt Away. All right, so when I come back, you guys will hear my sisters. Be back. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome to Spade. Um, I have the first time ever I've got my panel of my Black queens in the house. <laughs> my all-female panel. 
I'm like super excited, super stoked. So I have on the line, I've got Jasmine, I've got Janelle, and I've got Kelsey. So what's up, all of y'all? What's going on? <laughs> hey. Hey, y'all. So um, Kelsey, we gonna go with you. So tell everybody, what's going on with you? Who are you? <laughs> I think I was going to go first, but um, <laughs> I'm Kelsey. Uh, I live in Atlanta, um, and right now I'm in the hair industry. So I've been uh, dibbling back and forth with management and trying to figure out my cosmetology skills as well. So just trying to be as successful, if that's even a word, uh, <laughs> in this industry. Um, and that's pretty much me. All right. Well, welcome to my podcast. I'm glad you are here. <laughs> and now I have Janelle. What's up? What's up? You guys may Hola. have remembered her. I featured her song. I think it was my last episode. So mm -hmm. what's going on? I finally got you on. <laughs> I know. Hi. <laughs> um, my name is Janelle. I hail from the beautiful city of Tampa, Florida. Yay. Um, <laughs> uh, raised in Trinidad and Tobago. I am um, in the entertainment industry as a singer, songwriter, and vocal coach. And I have my own or teen organization called She Got Vision. So I'm honored to be on this podcast, this panel, um, to tell my opinions on some of the things that have been going on. So that's my little spiel about myself, but thanks for having me. No problem. Welcome to my podcast. And now I've got my girl, Jasmine. What's up? What's up? <laughs> hey! So I'm hey. Jasmine, and I am from Spartanburg, and I'm currently in Spartanburg. I am a creative, is what I consider myself. Okay. And... I have a business called Wonderfully Made. It's an apparel line that celebrates Black women. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also working on a new project that is about to launch soon called Black Girl Energy. Oh, nice. Where it's pretty much a dance, fitness, fun activity for anybody to join and to just get moving during COVID. You know, people are not going to the gym as much. Mm -hmm. People are at home, but they're not as motivated. Right. So it's just, you know, take the pressure off and just dance, you know, like just let's just do what we've been doing like all of our lives. Right. Doesn't matter if you a two stepper, if you a pop lock and drop it, you know, <laughs> it's whatever. The point is to encourage people around the world to move. So that's what I got going on. And thanks for having me. No problem. That's what's up. Well, welcome, welcome. So this, unfortunately, we're going to be talking about some, uh, a serious topic, um, especially with what's going on with um, Chad, Chadwick, rest in peace. It was very unfortunate that um, of his passing that we didn't even, I didn't even know, none of us knew that he was dealing with um, the cancer. His team hid that very well. And then just to think on how he created his movies in spite of dealing with that, um, with that cancer. 
speaks uh, volumes about him and his uh, character. And so um, I definitely wanted to um, start out with this question because um, a lot of people are kind of feeling, um, I guess you can say, a little lost, confused, depressed, sad, because many feel feel that, um, why us? Why is our race being attacked um, so much? We're losing so many people this year from Kobe to uh, Chad to many other actresses. Um, and uh, it was that basketball player, I think his name was Cliff uh, Robinson. He passed the day after um, Chad. So I um, want to start with this. We lost, you know, not only a wonderful actor, but our king who brought hope to our community. And, you know, he showed us how African-Americans can be depicted in a positive manner, you know, in society. And he defied the odds and brought to theaters a Black superhero and gave us hope and unity. So how are you guys um, coping with his death? Um, oh, this is Janelle. Um, me, I liked, I'm very big on peace and energy mm-hmm. and what I keep around me. Mm-hmm. Um, social media can blow up situations like crazy. Mm-hmm. So sometimes logging off from social media and, and just um, isolating yourself from that just so you can cont- um, keep your peace mm-hmm. is very, very important. So that's one of the things that I did. I made my posts and then I got off social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really big on prayer and I'm really big on meditation mm-hmm. um, just so I can keep um, my sanity. Right. Um, it hit hard because I was a second grade teacher and we actually had a theme for uh, Black Panther. And mm-hmm. one of the parents uh, put up a post where we were um, dressed up as, you know, um, Black Panther and all black. And it just hit me. I cried. Mm-hmm. Um, so just appreciating the things that he has done for the community mm-hmm. and, 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 and understanding that that's what brings more gratitude because death is very hard to, 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 to come across. Right. Um, and because he was such a hero, it, it, it hurt me to see the kids hurt mm-hmm. because that's their superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, just, isolating myself from social media, prayer, meditation, and also loving on the ones that are dear to me. Cause that's one of the things that I learned too is, um, and even before Chad's death, mm-hmm. I always tell myself every time I think about someone, I always check on them because you never know what somebody is going through right. always. And we don't take, we, sometimes people take that, that for granted to the point where, Oh, I should, I should have, could have, would have done this. And then, you know, always give people their flowers when they're here, not when they pass away. Mm-hmm. Always remember that. So mm-hmm. just keeping that positive light and surrounding myself around positivity, that has been, that has helped me to, to deal with his passing. So, yeah. Right. I feel like the piggyback off of that, too, about giving people their flowers while they're here, because when Black Panther came out 
and we had all this stuff and people, you know, the video is surfacing around, you know, of how they're talking about how that movie impacted them in such mm-hmm. a, a strong way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a time that was truly like giving that person their flowers. Um, for me as a believer um, in Christ and that sort of thing, it's like, it was, yo, like, what in the world Mm -hmm. but at the same time I also have this understanding of having a purpose Mm -hmm. and the thing is that God gave Chadwick his purpose and Mm -hmm. he was obedient to being into his purpose Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. even though he was obedient into his purpose that doesn't set you know that doesn't determine how long he's going to be on this earth because God may have put him on this earth just for those moments where he played those major roles in those movies mm. for this for those period of times to really make an impact on little children that don't know like who they can be and, and, and what they can do in this in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I truly believe that, you know, even though he had colon cancer, I without a shadow of a doubt believe that God is what kept him going for so long to get through all those movies that he was giving us um and to leave behind a gift ultimately that that movie those movies all those movies that he has done will never die Mm -hmm. ever people will always know who he is and i just believe you know as, as unfortunate as it is that he fulfilled the purpose that God had for him and That's God good. called him home when it was time, just as he did with Kobe. I feel like, you know, he called him home as well. Kobe did a whole bunch of things as well. And as crazy as it seems, you know, these strong, um, impactful black men, you know, God calls homes like those angels that he is going to need down the, the road, you know, that's going to protect us, guide us, whatever it is that we may have to do or that we're going to go through you know, in the future to come. So I, I, I'm making peace with that, knowing, you know, that he has fulfilled his purpose, but you know, it's still unfortunate. I um, mean, it just, you know, reminds you to humble yourself and to not talk about people when you don't know what they're going through. You're right. Really appreciate. I agree, you know, what they're saying too, as far as giving people their flowers. I never heard that term until a couple of years ago, someone in South Carolina was being honored and her sister made the point to say, you know, give this person their flowers while they're still alive. And, you know, I was really shocked and still really shocked to hear about Chad's um, passing as well, because he represented South Carolina so well, upstate so well. Um, but the thing that keeps me very sane and keeps me positive and helps me to be, um, I guess, optimistic is piggybacking off of what Jasmine said. You know, I'm thankful that. God, Jehovah God has given us a purpose and knowing that he has given us his word, the Bible, to know that, you know, this is not how he intended the world to be. Mm-hmm. He didn't intend the world to be a person to die. He didn't want a person to get go through sickness or anything like that. So he gives us the word, the Bible to live by. And in time, he will and will restore the world to the peace that he wanted to be. And all these people that have passed, he will bring those people back to life. So that's my way of getting through trying situations when someone close to me dies or seeing someone like Kobe or someone like Chadwick passing away, knowing that, you know, he they will be brought back to life again. So 
that's right. my way of dealing with it. Right. Um, and it's, it's funny that you guys had said that as far as that he fulfilled um, his purpose, because I was just, I was talking with, you know, my cousin and I was just thinking, I was like, why would God call him so soon, you know, call him home so soon when he was so young. And to me, it seemed like he hadn't fulfilled everything that he was meant to, you know, fulfill because, you know, from our standpoint, it just seems like he had more life to live and he brought, you know, so much hope. But as all of you said, as well as my cousin is that, you know, he was this figure and he set the goal. He set a purpose. He fulfilled it and he brought hope to the younger generation because the younger generation never saw um, a black superhero. Um, me, I don't, I've heard of, you, you know, I, I heard of Blade. Blade came out in like in the nineties, but I don't, I didn't watch it, but Blade wasn't to me, in my opinion, wasn't as relevant as what Chad was with Black Panther, mm -hmm. because that crossed, you know, a whole lot of barriers to bring mm -hmm. in such a powerful um, character and he started, he started a movement in a sense, you know, and he did. He really honestly didn't. I totally um, agree uh, with that. Even with all the stuff that's going on with the, you know, the black lives matter. And, um, and I, I, and I agree, like he did live his purpose, mm -hmm. you know, cause now you have little black girls and little black boys wanting to live out his legacy as well. Exactly. And then when they see somebody, who's you know who's the same color as me mm -hmm. doing big things like that i can do it too mm -hmm. and it's, it's gonna it's just like michael jackson yes i have five-year-olds knowing what a michael jackson song is so it's just like you know with, with, with chadwick you, mm -hmm. you, you you know generations to come they're going to remember oh yeah i remember seeing black panther mm -hmm. and then that's just going to just it's like a domino effect. Mm -hmm. So he he did what he needed to do, and I I'm I'm happy, and it 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 brings joy to my heart that he passed away peacefully, mm -hmm. and not like you know with with everybody in his business. Right. Um. I'm really big with that. Everybody doesn't need to know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. So the fact that he he passed away peacefully, that 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 brings joy to my spirit. You know, with his family by his side, right. you know? So, um, but I think he, he left, he left a good purpose yes. and he did what he needed to do. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, and I've gone through a lot of, uh, social media. I've seen a lot of posts and, um, I know a lot of people are dealing with this rather hard and because they've seen so many deaths of our, kings and our queens um either um unforeseen deaths or um purposely given the uh shootings that are taking place and a lot of 
our people are feeling depressed and they're feeling tired. So, and now I saw this one post, which was, it was kind of sad because this one girl, she was, she was saying that, you know, she didn't know how much more she could just take. And anytime you hear those words, that, that can be like a kind of an alarm set uh, alarm to you because that word can lead to suicidal thoughts. So given the amount of, I guess you can say this negative energy that's going about, how can we live in light and we can get back up again as the world continues to treat us in a inhumane way? I would like to say that anybody um, who is going through whatever you're going through, um, don't suffer in silence. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you don't have a religion or whatever the case may be, you know, develop some type of spirituality. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Janelle was saying, Kelsey, like we like we believe in prayer. Um, even if you don't know what to pray to, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's like the universe, you know, speak to the universe and and pour your heart out mm-hmm. as to what it is that you're feeling, you know, um, what it is you're going through and the desires of your heart and what it is that you want, whether it's it's to heal, whether it's to receive uh, support. You know, you may not know where you're going to get that support from, mm-hmm. but if you ask the universe or whatever it is that you believe in, you know, believe in that it's going to come to you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I believe, you know, this year has really, I don't want to say test, but it has made people realize, you know, what they're made of in a sense of, am I mentally strong or mm-hmm. are there certain things that I have not been facing mm-hmm. that I am now being forced to face? in this Mm -hmm. year um and with that being said you know a lot of people don't like to look at themselves in the mirror they don't like to look at their reflection um but but you have to realize in order to get through i don't want to say over i don't want to say under and i don't want to say around but to get through whatever it is that you're going through Mm -hmm. the only way to get through it is to deal with whatever it is that is in front of you Mm -hmm. um and that's you know, baby steps, you know, the first thing is speaking life from your, your tongue and speaking life into yourself and saying, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through this. I may not be okay right now. And I'm hurting Mm -hmm. right now, but you have to say, even if you don't believe it, like I'm going to get through this Right. Um, and and take it day by day. Right. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, even practical stuff. I'm really good with practical stuff. You know what I'm saying? Counseling. Yeah. In a community um, yes. to, that, that's filled with um, positivity and stuff like that. Because I, I agree with what you were saying. and But there are some people who don't even know how to do that. Right. So I always vouch for, for counseling. I always vouch for um, putting yourself in a community where you have that light, where mm-hmm. you can, you know, have be positive, you know what I'm saying? Just so that mindset can can change. Um, mm-hmm. And I say that because I am, uh, I had depression. I wanted to commit suicide before when I was younger. 
um, on top of, you know, being diagnosed with a moderate anxiety disorder. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you know, I had to take those practical steps, practical steps of talking to a therapist just yeah. so that they can help me out. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Of course, prayer, I have all of that as well. But mm-hmm. I knew for sure that I couldn't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and I knew for sure that I, I needed help. And I like what you said, realizing that, okay, this is what I need help with. Because that is the first step to overcome anything is realization that, okay, I need I need help. I need assistance. I need to get myself back into that positive mode. This is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hurting, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I truly believe taking those practical steps is what is, is what really can bring you know light to the um, to the community and within yourself as well. So, and yeah. I want to add too with therapy. I go to therapy, and for a while, I was like, I can't afford therapy. But there are actual programs, like for people, if you don't have insurance, they, there are things where the therapist will work with you to pay like a fixed fee, or, and it's not even a lot, um, so that you can get the help that you need. And I don't know, you know, I'm in South Carolina, so I'm Spartanburg. I don't know, you know, other states, there may be funding for therapy or mental health, Um but like truly, if you're unsure, it doesn't hurt to try. It doesn't hurt to have a conversation with a person, even if you don't know them. Like it feels like you're sharing all your secrets with that person. But it feels so much better to talk to somebody who does not know you versus people who already have a biased opinion about you. I like that, too, because for me personally, I've never really thought that I was going to do anything until I realized last year that I was borderline depressed and I couldn't really enunciate what I was going through, why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. I just know I was feeling like crap. And so um, I had to stop being so also realizing that I have an issue, but stop being so self-reliant on myself. Um, And I relied on God to help me get through my problems as well. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get into therapy. Therapy is something I really still want to get into. But what I had to do and what I am doing for the past couple of years, I started to find out, you know, who I am as a person, finding out those things that I do and what I don't like. And then I also started talking to myself. So I would record myself, whatever I was going through, I would record myself talking through my problems and trying to figure out a solution. That's a good idea. Stuff may not been getting answered, but I mean, I got it out and I was able to get through my feelings. So being able to do that and just realizing that, you know, God is aware of our problems. He knows what we're going through. He's going to help us praying through that. You're going to get your answer by reading the Bible and also talking to other people too. So just being able to have that community of helping each other. And like Janelle mentioned, surrounding yourself with positive people. That's the biggest thing that you can do Mm -hmm. Um, because negative energy, I don't have time for negative energy. I want nothing (laughs) people around me because I, whose love language is words of affirmation. So if you're telling me negative things about myself, I don't want to be around you at all. Cause like constructive criticism, okay, cool. But anything other than that, I don't want to be around that. And I didn't really think that, and I've had thoughts of suicide and things like that, but because of my relationship with God, I realized that's not something that he wants us to do. Unfortunately, I did have a family member, a younger cousin who was 12, committed suicide oh no 
touched me because I'm like, I never knew that this little boy was going through this much. And so, as we mentioned earlier, giving people their flowers, being a listening ear for someone, um, not cutting them off, just letting them talk and letting them get through and commending them instead of condemning them on what they're doing wrong can help them get through their problems. I like that. So, I like that. Um, that's piggybacking on what, what you guys said um, and making sure you speak life and not speak death amongst yourselves. I was reading actually um, a post from uh, Lee on Facebook and a lot of people are saying that, you know, 2020 was the worst year ever and um, 2020 is horrific. 2020, it needs to go away. We can, we need to trash 2020, et cetera. But here's the thing. The more negativity you speak, about 2020, the more negative things that are going to happen. So be careful of what you speak and what you say, because those are the things that can happen. So you always have to be mindful of what you say, because there is power in the tongue, which is what, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been taught. So that's just my two cents. Just always just be I like careful. that though. That and I wanna um, you know, chime off of what you said with that. And like I'm really big with um, like you said, manifestations. Those things that you manifest, um, it, it comes through. I understand twenty twenty has just had back to back to back to back challenges, but this yes. is also testing and challenging us on how we handle our situations. Mm-hmm. And like one of my, my well, my pastor. He was basically talking about, you know, the same thing what you were saying, but it's just different. It's something that we've never really experienced before. Mm-hmm. And then when we put ourselves in those positions of different, we think it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm coming from my experience because, like, everything was happening back to back. Like, me getting a car, a car accident on my birthday, my 30th birthday, mm-hmm. in the hospital, going into 20, you know, 2020. Dealing with financial issues, a lot of stuff back to back, quarantine, all of that. But one of the things that I am so appreciative about 2020 is the fact that I got to know who I am and the areas I needed growth in and and, and what I could take and the, the things that I needed to develop in. So it is true. You, you know, what you manifest into into the universe and, and, and what you pray for, you know, with God and stuff like that. You got to be mindful of the thing. F twenty twenty. I mean, I get it. I mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. But that's just showing your patience. That's showing what you can handle. That's showing that are you up for a challenge? Because who knows what twenty twenty one gonna bring? You know what I'm saying? So you just got to be mindful of, like you said, the the things that you you say. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because I'm really big with those manifestations. What's mm-hmm. coming out your mouth? more than likely possibly happen because it happens it starts here in your mind as well so right because you know, we all we all said in 2019 that 2019 was a horrible year and 2020 was going to be the best year of our lives so we need to get yes. into 2019 and we gonna move forward but 2020 <laughs> You know, we got, we just got to be careful. We can't. But it's pretty top that one. Right. <laughs> yeah. We just can't condemn 
you know, a certain, you know, area and just and just going to assume something is going to happen because you just don't know. You're not in control of what's going to happen. Only God but, is. But see, look, though, this, I want people to understand this. Janelle, like how you said that the things that you asked for, this is a perspective that I want people to understand. The blessings that you have asked from God, the universe, whatever you believe in, in order to receive those blessings, you have to, you might have to go through these certain things through this year to obtain that uh, mental stability, that mental toughness, uh, emotional toughness, spiritual strength in order to receive those blessings. Because the greater blessings that you ask for are going to require more of you. So, Take that into mind, you know, you ask for the blessings, but realize you, you don't realize what you ask for. And God is saying, or whatever you believe in is saying, this is what it takes to get to this. Mm. You ask for, you know, I'm not saying we ask for COVID, but COVID is, I call it my year of reconstruction. I'm 29. I'm going to be 30 next year. And one of my things that I was thinking about before I return, before I turned 30 is that, you know, I want to get in shape. I, I need to I need to tighten some things up, you know, a little bit, whether that's being mental, spiritual. And, and that's a lifetime, you know, thing that you have to work on. However, like this year has drawn me closer to God. I have not wanted for nothing. Um, and my mental stability has told me, like, you know, you're actually a little bit stronger than you thought you were, you know. Um, so people like really, you know, reflect on that. And not just think like, oh, this is a punishment. You know, we're being punished. The world is ending. If the world is ending, you better, you better get on your knees and pray. Right. Stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you know, I totally agree with what you're saying too, because for me personally, um, my favorite I like to live by is First Corinthians ten thirteen, and that scripture basically says, you know, no temptation is what's what whatever temptations you're going through. Other people are going through as well. He does not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. So you are going to go through these temptations. But there's COVID, the loss of a loved one, the loss of your job or whatever. And the only way that you can get through those temptations is by relying on Jehovah God himself. And then also, um, we can't get these blessings, like you said, unless you go through these trials and tribulations. He does not cause them to happen to us. Um, that's just the way that we are going through this world right now. But when we have the only way we can get our blessings is that if our blessings are in line with his will and purpose. Mm -hmm. So we believe and we know whatever we're praying for, we, we're confident that he's going to answer it, then he will answer it. Mm -hmm. And the only way that we can get through those trials and tribulations that we're going through today is by relying on him and throwing our burdens on him. Cause there's no other way that we can get through this. And like, whatever you're, Believe maybe just believing that it's not just you, it's mm -hmm. other people and having a, your community of people getting through it together. Right. I like that. I definitely like that. Um, I've got one uh, final question for you guys, and this is actually um, going back to again the current state of the world that we live in. Um, why do you think we as an African-American race are 
feared and hated so much? Who goes <laughs> first? I just, oh, I, man. That question was a little bit harder for me to answer. Yeah. Not, um, but what I thought about was the movie Get Out. <laughs> um, because how they... But I interpreted that movie was our minds, but they didn't think our minds were strong enough, but our bodies, our physical capabilities, they thought were strong. Mm. So they took the wrong side of us. And so maybe they are fearsome of our strong physical features, um, something that they may think that they lack. So they take that and they use that as fear. Um, And being that we are such a strong people coming from slavery, coming from so many different things that could have tore us down, only built us up even stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, And using things like racism to, or colorism or different things to divide us, um, it's still making us stronger as a people. Um, so I, that's just my take of it. That's the only thing that I could really think of um, when I saw that question. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. get you. And some people, they're, sometimes people, are, they're just plain old insecure mm-hmm. that we can do the same thing that they can do, possibly better, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes, honestly, with, with, with anybody, mm-hmm. you know, even women and men. Look at that. You know what I'm saying? There's so many women, black women to be exact, that are had their own business. And then, you know, when they see so many women doing that, some people get insecure. So they mm-hmm. don't want to place them in certain positions. Um, it's so interesting because I, uh, I filled out a, a, a grant. And one of the questions was, you know, one of the, 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 the hardships of being a black entrepreneur, female at that. And people like those fortune 500 companies they don't want to support me or give me financial uh, money because i was a female and i'm pretty sure if i was african-american because honestly i truly believe that just plain insecurity and you're scared that somebody of color is going to rule over you mm-hmm. because we are more than capable of doing that mm-hmm. and we, we can possibly do it better you know what i'm saying because we have the knowledge we're very intellectual we're very smart Mm-hmm. We, we, we've created so many platforms and opportunities for other people. And, and, and it can also be selfishness as well. Some people mm-hmm. are selfish. They want greed. They, they so stuck on themselves that they don't know the true meaning of giving. They don't understand the true meaning of, of being selfless because as a black community, black community, I truly believe we are some of the most selfless people out there. Mm-hmm. We, we give a lot. You know, mm-hmm. our ancestors gave a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we, we where we learned that from as well. Mm-hmm. So half of them, they scared. Right. Exactly. And yeah. um, I believe not only they're scared, but they're also insecure as well. Very insecure. Very insecure. Um, insecure. They're threatened, as you guys said, because um, they just they just cannot believe that this person of color um, just has this, had the capability of what I can do, but can do it better. And we're not going to give them that position. We're just going to keep them down. You know, we're not going to elevate them to a senior manager management position. They're just going to be known as the worker, quote unquote. And so that's when it's just the good old boys club. That's just, 
you know, elevated on up in the um, workforce or the other um, different avenues. And so it's it's very sad that we live in that type of um, environment, per se. Very sad. I would like to say that, and I know I keep going on the spiritual level, but like, y'all, no, this like, it's real. There is a spiritual warfare going on. It's been going on forever. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think black people have always been blessed. We are inventors. We have DNA. Black women have DNA in our bodies that no other human being has. Mm-hmm. You have people like Henrietta Lacks, like she, her, her, she is an immortal human. Like her, she is the reason why there's so many cures in this world today mm-hmm. because of her DNA, um, because of her selflessness of, uh, you know, giving to medicine. And I wouldn't, I don't even, that's reaching by saying giving to medicine, but, um, cause it was stolen. Yeah. But, right. Unwillingly. <laughs> right. But like, I, I just say this like, Satan and demons, they don't attack things unless they know the power of what whatever it is that is good or whatever it, the strength that it has. It does they don't they don't attack unless they know what they possess. And I'm not saying white people are demons or whoever. I'm saying they latch on to people mm-hmm. and fear mm-hmm. latches on to people. And yes, fear and insecurities are in my opinion the root of all of racism. Fear is the unknown. Fear is assumption. Fear is not embracing what you already have. Um, and and it also inquires, you know, it adds envy and, and jealousy to, of what you don't have. You know, like black women, we have, you know, we have large lips. We have curly hair. We have voluptuous bodies, you know, like we have all of that. And it just ranges from so many different body types. Um, and we are beautiful people, you know, like I saw a post, like our hair defies gravity. Like we are not, we are different. And when people don't understand that, they question it and they put their own assumption on what we are and they turn into fear, which doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, you know, that's what it is. It's unfortunate. But the reality of it is, is that we are special people. Mm-hmm. We are a blessed people. We've been blessed ever since that God put us here on this earth. And it will always be attacked, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we're, I, I don't even want to call us underdogs, but like it's like iron sharpening iron, you know, with our ancestors, like who have gotten through each generation, each trial and tribulation, like. The stuff that we're going through today, like we're going to be ancestors one day to our legacy. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, but thank you guys, my ladies. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you guys for taking the time out of your busy schedules to uh, come on my podcast and address these issues because again we are living in hard times and I really felt that this episode was definitely needed especially what's happened with the current um, 
current path, uh, current events that's just taking place. So I really appreciate you guys for um, being on my panel. And um, anytime. <laughs> any final uh, thoughts from you guys? There's always reason to rejoice. Rejoice in being alive. Rejoice in being happy with what you got. Um, and don't let negativity bring you down. Be kind. Be kind and check on the ones that you love. I always say this. If you think about somebody, check on them. And I would say keep going. Don't let your body tell you what you're going to do. Let -hmm. your mind tell your body what it's going to do and keep going. That's my song. I got a song called Keep Going. well thank you guys and coming up i've got my second panel so stay tuned be right back What's up, everybody? Welcome back to my episode of The Pain to Be an African American. I have with me my second panel. So I'm so excited you guys can hear from my second panel. I've got C. Murray, I've got Ken, I've got Kim, and I've got Chavis. So what's up, everybody? What's going on? Hello. How's it going? I am doing good. I'm so happy that you guys are able to join me um, on this uh, panel, especially talking about um, this particular uh, topic. Um, Before I dive on in, I want to go ahead and uh, introduce you guys to them. I want to start off with Chavis. Chavis, what's up? (laughs) Tell everybody who you are. How's it going? I'm Chavis Jones. Um, I'm glad to be here from Spartanburg. Uh, Anthony and I went to high school together and um, glad to be here. Glad to be here. All right. That's what's up. Glad to have you. Hey, Chavis. Hello. Absolutely. (laughs) The Berg in the house. (laughs) All right. I got Kim on the line. Kim, what's up? (laughs) Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Spartanburgians. Oh, so tell everybody who you are. Okay. Um, I am Kimberly Lyles. I'm a musician. I'm a blogger for independent artists. And from Boiling Springs, North Spartanburg. Hey. <laughs> well, welcome to my podcast. I'm glad to have you. And so now I got Miss C. Murray. What's up, C. Murray? <laughs> hey, Anthony. How are you? How are you, sweetheart? I'm, I'm good. good. I'm good. So I'm tell good. everybody, who are you? <laughs> um, I'm like your own mama, auntie. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling my friend guy <clears throat> that I've known you about half your life, and the same thing with Ken. I know. Yeah, we've we've known each other that long. Um, yeah. So just super cool. proud of you, really, and super honored that you asked me to be here. Honestly, thank you. 
And thank you yeah. for coming. Awesome. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So now I've got Ken on the line. Ken, what's up, bro? <laughs> hey, what's going on? Nothing what's much. Going on Nothing much. I'm glad to have you. So tell everybody, who are you? <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. I'm uh, Ken Martin, originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, and currently living in Atlanta. And uh, I'm an artist and a musician, and awesome. I'm just happy to be a part of this. This is so special. It really is. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to have you. And thank you again for um, joining my podcast today on this uh, a special episode. Um, this episode, again, as I said, um, the previous panel, um, it was not planned, but uh, due to um, Reese's events with um, Chadwick, with his passing, and then we've got, you know, um, different people passing. I, I've read about, um, I think it was Cliff, uh, was it Cliff Robinson? Robinson. Yeah. yeah, Robinson. He passed, and then um, we've got- John Thompson. Yes. Coach John Thompson. Legendary uh, college basketball coach. Yes, yeah. yes. And then we've yeah. got these shootings that are going on um, with uh, Jacob uh, Blake and uh, was it Kenosha, Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it's, it's just crazy. And I've been reading that, you know, people are, um, I guess you can say they're tired. People are frustrated. People depressed. They're um, yeah. upset because some feel that you know, our race is being attacked um, so much. Like, why is uh, so much happening to us? And I felt that this particular episode um, is definitely uh, needed. Um, Because, like, as you can, as I've stated on previous uh, episodes, that this world is... um, I believe they they fear us for whatever reason. They fear us um, and they dislike us for whatever reason. And it's it's just proof now with so much killing and and people like to justify it. You know, I've read posts on how, um, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement, people say that if you support the Black Lives Matter movement, then you're going to, you're going against the Christian values of God and, you know, you're going to um, burn in hell and everything. But my oh, thing wow. is, um, what are, with the teachings of God, doesn't that say that we're supposed to, we're all supposed to be equal? And if we're supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, that means that we're fighting for equality with African Americans. And so I just don't understand how, if you support that movement, you're going against the Christian values, you know? And so I want to start off with this question. Um, With the current state that this world is in, why do you feel we are hated and feared so? Did you say why? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel we are hated and feared so much? Well, I'll jump in. <laughs> um, and to be totally honest, I don't know. 
I don't. I really honestly don't know. I We all hear kind of the same things that, you know, they fear what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they hate, you know, because of what they were taught. Mm-hmm. But in all honesty, we really are just people. If I shoot you and you shoot me, we both going to hurt, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm just always kind of baffled at how do they hate when this is just how we're born. Mm-hmm. I can't change this. Right. I can't. I, I can't. And I wouldn't change the color of my skin even if I could. Right. But you're literally hating me because I was born the way that I was born. Mm-hmm. And so I just I really I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I guess because of how I was taught what I was raised around. I'm a military brat. So I grew up around everybody, black, white, Asian, Hispanic. I grew up around everybody. So Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand hate. I don't really even understand being prejudiced. I really don't. It's not the life that I grew up in. So I don't know why we're hated. I really don't. I generally don't. I genuinely don't understand why we're hated when we honest to god we're all human beings right and we just look a little different right we just look a little different right you're right about that um kim you got any uh thoughts about that um i just want to say that the crazy part is 20 years ago young kim was uh Mm -hmm. looking up obsessed with the New World Order conspiracy theories. Yeah. When it didn't make sense. When it was saying that there was going to be a race war, like somebody was going to start this race war. And you're reading that that long ago, and you're like, yeah, right. First of all, people aren't that stupid. Mm -hmm. And we're over most of this stuff, supposedly. And it did not make sense then. Mm -hmm. And for those things to come, start coming into fruition. Right. Got movies that um, long time when the feminist movement, if movies came out like The Purge, I don't know if y'all ever watched. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, when movies came out like that and, and you were a feminist, which um, they would ban movies. They would walk, uh, say this does not deserve to be on in the movie screen. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I think that movies like that and stuff that that uh inspires that type of mind thinking or um that type of mentality i should say Mm -hmm. uh needs to be banned because it's all people are playing that stuff out it's feeding the racism that people have already got in their heads Mm -hmm. uh i'll just say that much and i'm gonna throw that out there yeah shavis what you think I think that one of the interesting aspects of the moment in which we now exist in is that we have three crises going on at once, um, three pandemics, if, if it were. Uh-huh, and yeah. so you have this this health crisis. You have uh, this economic crisis that's taking hold. It's the worst since the Great Depression. Uh-huh. And then you have this racial crisis going on at the same time. And I think America has done at least made some concerted effort to address two out of the three uh-huh. in terms of quarantine for the coronavirus, uh-huh. in terms of sending out a stimulus package for the economic crisis we're experiencing. But there's been no moment in American history 
where we truly reckon with our racist past and our racist present. We've had no quarantine for that. There's been no stimulus package for black people to get recompense for the mm-hmm. centuries of suffering we've experienced in this, in this nation and in yeah. this world. And so diasporic people across the globe uh, have never been subject to the broader white society having a quarantine where they stop and recognize that we have been treated unfairly for centuries, um, irrationally so, and that no one has given a true apology to the centuries and uh, generations of black people who have not been able to kind of survive and thrive in a world that acknowledges them as equals. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the problem. We haven't paused and acknowledged the sufferings that black people have been through. There's, there's no moment where people um, really truthfully from a governmental perspective sit and like uh, nations like South Africa and Germany, where there's a truth and reconciliation commission, there's been nothing like that in America. Right. And so you have generations of people who are saying that I wasn't a slaveholder. I didn't perpetuate Jim Crow. Why should I be held subject to uh, the sins of, of prior generations? Well, the remnants and the actual existence of racism is still with us. Because so it's, still it's, happening. it's still happening. It's still happening. Yeah. And so to the extent and that I'm not going to deal with that. What do you say? And you're still benefiting. Right. Three, yeah. 500 years worth of. Yeah, time. yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. My grandfather was a sharecropper at age five. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. fought for, for our country in, in, in the Vietnamese War. And so I think there's one generation separating me from that. And so when you really recognize the, the, the racial trauma we've experienced and the fact that our country has not dealt with it in any realistic way, it explains much of what we're dealing with today. Not wholly, but in yeah. part explains part of what yeah. we've experienced today. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ken. Which you, uh, wow. I, I mean, I totally echo all of what the three of them said. And I mean, Emilia, when you asked the question, I just thought of two words, accountability and um, acknowledgement. You know, it, mm-hmm. it is so it it's so unreal to me as a young black man that we can be so quick to force people to, to take ownership or you did this to that on up to this. But I mean, literally, since I've been born to my knowledge, I've never we've never seen that. We've never mm-hmm. seen like some form of actual acknowledgement, holding people accountable. And mm-hmm. I feel like um, yeah. it just gets more and more devastating when you literally see that your race is spotlighted for horrific crimes, you know, for um, all of these murders that I am not well versed at all in politics, government, Mm -hmm. but being a human being, something inside of you totally just goes dark when you see that people are killed and there is literally no type of penalty. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And 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 that that alone, you know, um as Miss Kim mentioned, that that preceded even the 21st century. Mm -hmm. People have Mm -hmm. been killing so many different black people and there's been no of accountability um and it it like uh, c murray said it makes you feel like i really don't know why you know like you you really don't know why but you know it exists you know that it's not fair it's inappropriate but yeah. perhaps if they started to acknowledge hey we are wrong mm-hmm. even yeah. if it is not necessarily me the generations that preceded me have been wrong mm-hmm. you know and um it's it's unreal to think that 
even the top of the year when, you know, um, it began, you know, being crazy, the whole year kind of began crazy with, with death as a whole, but to continue to get progressively worse, mm-hmm. specifically with the racism, it just blows your mind. Like, mm-hmm. wait, huh? Mm-hmm. You know? So. And then, yeah. um, to piggyback of what you, what you said of, um, being held accountable. Um, I just read certain posts and again, it baffles me to how some um, of my uh, Caucasian friends, you would think that they would speak out on, on this topic of racism, but they still act like they're in a bubble. They act like they're in a bubble and they act like they're, this just does not affect them at all. So they just continue to live on um, day by day so they don't acknowledge what's going on. But and yet, as soon as a crime that involves an African-American versus an African-American, the black and black crime per se, then they want to quick to hop on that, which... Mm-hmm. To me, it's, it's, it's not right because we don't say, um, you know, white on white crime or Hispanic on Hispanic crime or anything like that. It's just crime. So where did this black on black crime come from? That's just, it's baffling to me. It really is. I, I, just, I think that's really a term uh, to just make us seem more violent. Mm-hmm. In what we already are, because like you said, I have literally, and y'all know I'm old. Y'all know I'm almost fifty-two years old. I have literally never heard. If you go to Chinatown, it's gonna be a bunch of Asian on Asian crime. You better hold your purse real tight. Right. I've never heard it in my life. Right. I've never heard over in this neighborhood where it's predominantly white. It's a bunch of white on white crime over there, because you know most of them are welfare anyway. Never heard it in my life. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to us, it's just another descriptor mm-hmm. to show how violent we are, mm-hmm. to show what animals we are, to show we don't have any self-control, to show that we don't care about ourselves. Because mm-hmm. we're the only ones committing crimes against each other. Right. But like we all know and have all heard that the crimes that we do commit against one another, it happens more often because we're typically we're in our own circles. We're in our own neighborhoods. That's that's really it. It's about proximity. Mm-hmm. It's not about it being black on black. Mm-hmm. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, I want to uh, shift the um, conversation because, um, as I said at the beginning, a lot of people are feeling, you know, uh, pain and they feel hurt because again, of everything that's going on in the world, they felt depressed and angry because of the shootings, but also because of the people that we have lost. And this, and I said this on a previous, on the uh, panel before you guys that, it was sad that I read this post how um, this young lady, she said that um, 
she's had uh, she's pretty much had enough and she really can't take any more just mm-hmm. the fact of it's so much has gone on with um, this world and, our, and what's happening with our race and so uh, I was telling them that when people start to say things like that you have to watch out for that because that is one of the first signs of borderline suicide when people just say I've had enough I can't take it anymore and I think people take that for granted when um, they see people post that post statuses like that you you don't really take it seriously until one day you see it it's entirely too late and you see a rest in peace so and so Um, yeah so my question, in light of what's happened, we lost our our wonderful actor, our king, because he brought so much hope to this community, to the African-American um, population, our race. He showed us how we can be um, depicted in a positive manner, you know? He showed us, um, he defied the odds, and he brought to theaters a black superhero that wasn't really, um, it wasn't really, I guess you could say, represented as he brought it to light. So, and he gave us again hope and he gave us unity and he inspired the um, younger generation. So, how are you guys coping um, with his death? Yeah. Ken, you can. Um, well, I would, I would definitely say, um, in acknowledging his death, just to me personally, I think overall, the whole wake of death this year alone has yeah. just been all like I've ever experienced, you know, being very the top of the year um well Shavis and I we lost a Morehouse brother that was a dear friend to Earth. he was a, a beautiful spirit hip-hop artist um and literally last year we just we got extremely extremely close yeah. and you know as the top of the year I honestly am still you know reaping that you know so pairing that with all of the other many deaths I lost a classmate from high school to COVID and, you know, even friends and relatives that have been losing people. Um, um, You know, uh, even Murray's mom, not just, you know, disclosing there, but their, her mother was, was dear to me. You know, it's just like Mm -hmm. the weight of death has been heavy, you know what I'm saying? And so I would say when just a couple days ago, all, all of the posts, it was just like, you felt crushed because it was just like, um, I would say, particularly speaking from the perspective uh, as a black as as a black man, I just remember when we went to see the Black Panther, the black boy in me that had played with action figures, you know, uh, watch cartoons, always, you know, all of that, and I'm sure you all can come in as well to that. There was a piece of you that just was like in shock because you've never seen 
like just blackness portrayed in this way, you know. Mm-hmm. So the what was crazy for me, which I had to realize, it was almost like it was too good to be true. You know what I mean? It was like when I watched it in the theater, I was like, "We superheroes? Like we smart? We got?" Because you you've always thought like black guy was the villain, he was the thug, he was the whatever, and so he died. You, you just, a piece of you felt like you're left with him because it was like, mm-hmm. man, now he passed in addition to all of the other people. And yeah. it's the one um, amazing just example I would say of positivity, of success. Uh, even though it was a fictitious character in King T'Challa, for us it was symbolic of so much more. I honestly feel that. And um, it, it's it's hard, again, because his death echoes so many other great people. Um, and you're left with prayer. And a lot of times that doesn't feel like that is enough, you know? And yeah. it, just, it just pushes you to just love on your people more because it's really a, a very transitional time for all of us. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, Kim, what you what you thinking? Um, speaking on um, what you just said, uh, combating black on black crime starts there on the screen by having more of that. Yeah, you can't do that if there's more. You know, if you want to deflect uh, fighting black on or blaming it on black and black. Black on black crime is deflecting number one. Yes, but back on Mr. Bozeman. Mm. Uh, I actually knew his um, know his cousin, oh, wow. so it's already messing me up because we have been talking about. I've been trying to get an interview with him. I don't know how for how long, wow. and now I know why it was such a struggle because wow. because as y'all know, none of his family said that they never right. told anything about wow. it. Uh, what bothers me that there's a success, there's a victory and a disappointment in it is because Anderson was never, Anderson um, County was never uh, really acknowledging him. Uh, he literally, I know this from the inside, that he literally, his mom went down to one of the theaters mm-hmm. in Anderson and said, why are you, aren't you playing my movie? The movie just came out, Marshall at the time hmm. they didn't have the movie at the theater wow she was on there and had chad call the theater up and say <laughs> and tell him you need to be playing my movie this is my hometown wow. and had that movie in there the next day wow. wow so so anderson was hadn't been very good at acknowledging him or its many actors, mm-hmm. especially Bozeman, because of how big he was. Um, a small victory, though, is our governor finally, you know, decided to have flags half staff on yesterday. Yeah, I was like, okay, South Carolina, we'll take it. We'll take it. Come through, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Chavis, what you thinking? Yeah, I think that, you know, we've just experienced so much as a people uh, during this year that it can't be isolated to 2020, but 2020 has definitely been emblematic of kind of decades of, of trauma that we've experienced. Um, but again, there's been so much untimely death in this year, you know, 
starting with Kobe Bryant and dealing with Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and Jacob Blake. Uh, he's still with us, but just the, the, the weight of being shot seven times in the back and, and being chained to your hospital bed um, speaks to a much broader trend of a nation that, that struggles to show its love to black people. Yeah. And I think that's what we're really coping with. And it really un- kind of underlines a great need for black people to uh, to invoke counseling as a resource. And I think over the last couple of years, I've seen kind of a, a renaissance of, of, of black folks being invested in self-care, which has been beautiful to see. Um, while we have not received all the acknowledgement that we want from government officials and government actors, we have seen broad intercultural alliance with black people uh, like the march on washington that just happened this weekend where, where a great many of the people there were not black yeah. and a great many of the people in kenosha wisconsin are not black and in the streets in louisville are not black and that that's been that's been helpful in some way to acknowledge that our reality that we experience is not the subject of an illusion we aren't delusional when it comes to the realities we're experiencing mm-hmm. and i think that seeing all of the images of, of young children having funerals with action figures of, yeah. of King T'Challa. Oh, gosh. So, man, this is, we're in an intergenerational struggle right now that's going to take a lot of acknowledgement and healing and self-care to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think we really have to take care of ourselves in this moment. Yeah. And for me personally, uh, just being from South Carolina, Chadwick Boseman meant so much. Mm-hmm. He went to an HBCU, he went to Howard, and, and he and I went to Morehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, he represented possibilities. My first semester of law school, Marshall yeah. came out. And I remember during finals, which I shouldn't have been doing, but going to watch that that film inspired me and gave me an extra push mm-hmm. uh, to see that projection of someone from where I was from uh, doing something that I wanted to do in the realm of civil rights. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing and extraordinary to know what he was able to accomplish in 42 years mm-hmm. uh, on this earth. Uh, and he got a, a late push out there, but he re- represented so much of the best of us with James Brown and Thurgood Marshall and, yes. and T'Challa mm-hmm. and Jackie Robinson and so many other images that, that he really, really used his life mm-hmm. to subvert all of the negative stereotypes about black people. Yeah. And the whole world saw the best of us on display every time they saw Chadwick Boseman. So we're thankful right. for that right. on one end. Um, but we're definitely, definitely grieving and trying to figure out how to take care of ourselves on the other end. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just another black man that's gone too soon. Just another black man that's gone too soon. You know, we can take away how amazing he was, what, you know, what we felt and saw his potential was going to be. But here we are grieving another black man's life. That's just gone too soon, mm-hmm. you know? And for us, you know, and we've all kind of touched on it, but for us to keep seeing that as people, you know, no, his death wasn't violent, but it's still tragic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's still tragic. And with us seeing this over, you know, like you guys mentioned earlier with Kobe, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, what in the world? Right. So when Kobe we see was... such promise, we see such great men, we mm-hmm. see men who are upstanding, not in their own communities, but who really reach out, you know? And like Chavis said, like that was that was a good black man, yeah. You know, yeah. in no uncertain terms. Yeah. And now he's gone. Right. And so it's just like, man, we we're gonna miss what that potential is. Mm-hmm. We're gonna miss seeing him do more than what he did. Yeah. And he and I was thinking something along the same lines as Chavis is. 
he didn't allow himself as a black man to be portrayed but a certain way. You know what I mean? And that's necessary. It's not necessary for our black men, but it's necessary for our black women. Right. We need to see men portrayed a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that's one boundary that he didn't let in all the roles that he played. He didn't let that line be crossed. Right. Yeah. Like that's that. A, that was a great point, Javis, really. Right. Um, yeah. So this was actually brought up. Um, in the last panel, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. So um, it was discussed that even though that this is, um, people are mourning his loss and some of us are asking why he passed so suddenly. um, It came about that maybe he passed because his mission it was completed. He was sent here for a purpose to bring in um, change, to bring in hope. And since he's accomplished that, God called him home. So what do y'all think of that? Do y'all agree with that statement? can agree you know like Ian mentioned I just uh, my mom just passed on Mother's Day and you know the only thing I think is like it was just her time Mm -hmm. that's simply it you know Ken knows my mom well and it was just simply her time Mm -hmm. and we don't know why people pass away from what they pass away from Mm -hmm. we don't know why God because well, being a believer, I can I can speak for me, Ken, and Anthony. We're believers. I don't know about Kim and Chavis, and I'm not saying y'all are. I just don't know y'all personally. I can speak personally. But being believers, we know that God can heal anything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're all going to pass away from something. Mm-hmm. So when your work is done, when you've done all you're supposed to do, that just might be like the Lord, like, you know what? Come on, little girl. Come on, little boy. Right. It's time for you to come sit up here and chill with me and watch everything else go on. Right. It was just his time. It was just his time. You know, and, and the same thing with Kobe. We saw all of this girl dad stuff go on. We saw dad standing up for their daughters, which is stuff, you know, we didn't really get to see. You know what I mean? And so I felt like when people of this magnitude pass away, Mm -hmm. there are so many lessons that they give. Another thing that's kind of circulating is is how great his circle was. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody tell that man's business in four years. Exactly. Nobody said anything. Mm -hmm. His girlfriend at the time who became his wife, parents, sisters, his, his PR camp, Nobody said a word. Mm-hmm. Look at who you're who look at who you're surrounded by. Mm-hmm. Look at who when you reach out, whatever your arm span is, who's that person next to you? Is that really somebody who's on your side and got your back mm-hmm. and holding your hand? Or is that somebody who just watching you talk and listening to every word you say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we just have to look at the lessons really that they taught us. And, you know, it's sad for us. It's devastating to the ones that love him. Mm -hmm. 
But it's just when your time is up, your time is up. Mm-hmm. And we have to we have to try and take a lesson in every bit of it, even in him having cancer. How many people are now talking more about cancer and colon cancer mm-hmm. and making sure you go to the doctor and keeping tabs on one another for that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's just so many conversations that we start to have when someone like this passes away. Right. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Um, I want to ask this uh, final question. Um, because of deaths of so many of our kings and our queens, um, either unforeseen or purposely, many African Americans are feeling, as I've said, and I keep mentioning this, they feel tired. Many are feeling mm-hmm. depressed and many are feeling suicidal. How can we live um, in light and get back up again as the world, though, continues to treat us in an inhumane way? So, um, Chavis, what you thinking? So I, I think it's really critical that um, we understand that it's okay to unplug sometimes. Mm-hmm. We don't have to always be the social media, social justice warrior. Um, that sometimes it's okay to close the the laptop screen. It's okay to unplug from the news for a few days mm-hmm. and do that which is life-giving to your soul. Uh, do that which your soul requires. I think that's really critical to know um, when you're experiencing trauma and its manifestations on your body. Because it has so many health implications. Mm-hmm. And Chadwick Bozeman um, is representative of the fact that black men in particular are 24% more likely uh, to get colon cancer mm-hmm. and 47% more likely to die from it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, we have to get colon and colorectal screening much earlier than everyone else. But this just underscores the reality that death for us is always so much more imminent. It's always so much uh, more of a looming factor in our lives, uh, the specter of death. Um, and so if you're a person of faith, cling closer to your faith. Um, if you're not, cling closer to that which really, really feeds you as an individual and understand that you don't always have to be present on this stage of trauma that the world is playing out on so many days. Mm. Uh, but we have to take care of ourselves. And that's what I try to do every day. Mm. I try to engage in self-care practices that at least allow me to escape the world for a moment and take care of myself so that I might more engage it more fully when mm-hmm. I return to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I um I love what Davis said and you know I immediately thought about I remember I'm not as active like I used to be on Twitter, but I remember it was one year I just remember I used to always would tweet, um, I'm striving to have a better, a healthier spirit, mind and body. I just remember I would always say that. And I found myself, especially this year, saying that again, you know, mm-hmm. because it is so, it's such a volatile season. It just really is. It's it's crazy, mm-hmm. you know, and you find that you have to be more than ever, especially us at, uh, as a race of people, you have to be very cognizant of what you're putting into your sphere. Yeah. What, you know, I, I remember being a church kid, always hearing about, you know, the eye gate and what you see, you know, letting that in your, your circle, you know. Yeah. It's very true because it is so, it's so much toxic 
um, you know, division, um, racism, all just all types of things that if we are not careful, we're so absorbed in the news, we're so absorbed in social media, our entire day-to-day is just in shambles, you know, and, 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 and I had to learn, you know, you have to get to the root as to why are you going through what you're going through? Why are you experiencing what you experience? Mm-hmm. And when you're able to get to that, you have to make changes accordingly. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I think in particular, particular season for all of us, we have to genuinely surround ourselves with people that are going to love us unconditionally, people we can love unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And very, very mm-hmm. conscious of what you are allowing into your spirit. And when you know yeah. this is enough, be okay with it. Like for me, person, this is a random sidebar for me. Person, it's like with with so certain um, reality shows. I remember, you know, the days of play love when I was in high school. I was like, oh, that's funny. But it's like nowadays, it's like we're being portrayed as such a broken people, you know. And now, similar to uh, what Kim mentioned earlier, we're feeding what's being portrayed, but now we're trying to live a life that's contradicts that but now but you know what i'm saying it's like and and so yeah i go on about it's just really having a better a healthier spirit mind body that is so Mm -hmm. needed for us as people Mm -hmm. um particularly here for sure Mm -hmm. right agreed um ken what you what you thinking about everything he was saying and i'm still there (laughs) right (laughs) right i was <laughs> Drinking it up, right? That's what mm. I was yeah. uh, really. <laughs> I want to give y'all something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, <Murray>, same thing. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, just with unplugging, mm-hmm. and you know, all of the things that go under the umbrella umbrella of self care. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I saw my nephew today. He was getting a pedicure. You know, it can be stuff that simple that you're getting a pedicure or you actually go midday and take a nap, Mm -hmm. you know, just simple things like that really can, you know, just increase your high. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It can increase your good. It can increase, you know, how much better you do feel Mm -hmm. because you've got to take care of you. You only have one body. Right. You don't have nine lives. Right. We don't have that. We have one. And, you know, even those small things like unplugging because we're so overwhelmed right now with everything, unplug. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ken said, have a, have a good circle of people mm-hmm. that, that not only, mm-hmm. you know, can love you, mm-hmm. but that you can give out the love you have. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't want to keep all this in. I got good love in here. Yeah. I don't want to keep it all in. You know, <laughs> but look I want to. Oh, yeah, sorry. Go, no, no, no. You go ahead. But I was just saying, you know, we have to be able to give out as well. We can't always just take in, and we got to be able to give out mm-hmm. because that feels good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you just said made me um, think of Bozeman back. Uh, again, because while he was struggling, of course, we see all the videos while he's struggling with cancer. He's what is he doing? Yes. He's not getting depressed. Yes. He's working. Right. Number one, he keeps working. And then number two, he goes to see people that are suffering, little kids yeah. that are suffering uh-huh. with the same thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. You just always have to make sure you just check on 
your friends and your family, especially during um, this time with the pandemic and everything like that, because you just you just never know what people are going through. A Absolutely. Quick, a quick um, a quick text, a quick uh, call. Even I would suggest even doing the video calls now a lot more. Mm-hmm. Just so people can see you face to face, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of people, you know, we still have to social distance and we still technically can't really be around each other like that per se. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, but I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, thank you guys so much for <laughs> Coming on, I really appreciate you guys so much. For thank, you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> really thank you. And nice to meet you, Kim and Jamie. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you all. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, any final words from you guys before we uh, close out? Any final words? Yeah, just 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 be good to one another. That's it. Yeah. Just be good to one another. Yeah. That's really it, because we we need that more now than ever. Mm-hmm. We do, yeah. So true. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. Um. So on that note, um, the next uh voices that you guys will hear will be Donna Lawrence and the Tri City Singers. For um, you'll hear the Merles on "Love the Hurt Away." So you guys, let's <laughs> heal that hurt away. Yeah. So I'm signing out and hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Y'all take care. Thank you. Yeah.